Good afternoon, everyone. It is Leanne um, right here, your co-host every second Tuesday of the month. And I have been loving the topics that I have been choosing. Of course, I choose them. So of course, I'm going to love them. I think that through the pandemic, I've had the opportunity to blend with such wonderful people over the time and the connections that I have made over the last year elate me like not just as a, as a physio and as someone who looks after people but just for the depth of my own soul it's been really really moving and my guest today is someone who I have really connected with through the lockdown and I feel like our relationship over that time has grown and I'm really, really interested and passionate about some of the things that we're gonna talk about today. I will urge you, as I do every to every month that I come on, please put your comments in the chat, gives us a little bit of extra flavor, tells us what you're thinking about some of the things we're discussing, and also helps me to decide whether I'm bringing on people of a similar nature to talk about similar things that might bode well with you. Without further ado, I am bringing on Catherine Ashmore, the wonderful Catherine Ashmore, who is um, the founder of Ashmore Physiotherapy. She's a musculoskeletal physiotherapist, but this lady has a real passion for other clinicians' well-being. And I just think that this is a topic that we really need to be exploring so much more um, in the future of our profession. So without further ado, I'm bringing on Catherine. Hi, everyone. Hi, Leanne. Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, I'm playing around with backdrops, as I always am. I've don't like to have the writing on my head. Thank you for joining me and, and also for coming in at slightly short notice, Catherine. So I kind of reached out to you and thought, any chance you fancy joining me? Um, <laughs> and today we're gonna to be talking about what, what you class as your baby, the clinician's den. And something that I think that quite a lot of other therapists have also come to know and love uh, as, as something that spurs them on through the week, throughout the pandemic, particularly as we're moved from you know, some of us being virtual to then some of us not going back to face-to-face to, to -face for a very long time, struggling with our own, I'm going to say, mental well-being, whilst we have also then been at the forefront of looking after our patients' well-being as well. And you founded Clinician's Den. I'm, I'm a part of Clinician's Den. I'm, I'm a member of Clinician's Den, which is based on Facebook. And I just wanted to invite you on to really talk about it, talk about the origin of it, but also, you know, where does it sit for you? Where does the heart of this, this den sit for you? So yeah, tell us about that to start with. Wow, what an amazing introduction. I'm so honored. <laughs> um, thank you, and you're an amazing member of the den. Thank you, Leanne. Um, yeah, so to everyone who doesn't know it, um, the Clinician's Den is a free peer support group on Facebook. And it's one of those things I felt really passionately about. During my career as a, as a physio, I witnessed both when I was training and when I was working, that there was a real lack of support for healthcare professionals in general, suffering from anxiety and stress. And so this was an ongoing thing anyway. And then when the pandemic hit, um, I sort of was watching what was going on social media and I felt, it, you know what, it's really getting to crisis point. It's, it's about to bottleneck. And no yeah. one has a space where they can talk 
or just reach out to each other and support each other. Now, as you said earlier, um, healthcare professionals are really, really good at giving help to everyone else, but we're rubbish at asking help <laughs> for ourselves. And so I've set it up primarily, um, well, firstly, I asked everyone on a different forum, what do you think if I do this? And the response was overwhelming. Everyone was like, yes, please. So there's clearly a huge need for a safe space for allied health professionals and clinicians to talk about things, to support each other. And so what I do on the Clinician's Den is basically provide a safe platform where registered clinicians and allied health professionals can be. They can have fun, they can talk to each other, but more seriously, with whatever issues are going on at that time, I can provide content to help support them or to help direct them. And these might be covering loads of issues. I love I it. I mean, there's a, mm, no, no, and that's fine. I, I think there's a real sense, even in the way that you talk about it, that's very nurturing and almost very loving. Um, and I think, like you said, we do all of this so well for our patients. Why do you think we don't do it so well for ourselves? And, and when I talk about that, I'm thinking about, you know, the self-care component, not, not the massage or the facials. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the ability to switch off. I'm talking about, uh, as a clinician, recognizing, for example, that it, things might be a bit much for you but I'm not reaching out to you to discuss that either, as though you're separate from me, whether we work on the same team or we're within the same profession, because actually the health of me and the work I do benefits my patients, but it also benefits the people that I then surround myself with. So, so why, why are we not taking care of ourselves what do you think the reasons are for I that? I think there's several reasons why um, clinicians or health, allied health professionals are quite bad at asking for help themselves. One is, I think it's the culture of how we're trained. Um, mm. You, When you're working in a medical environment, it's you have to park how you're feeling and deal with the urgency or the situation in front of you. And you, whether you are feeling things or not, everyone has to put on a veneer of professionalism, park their own emotions and go into action mode, whether that's conversation, whether it's to think clinically, whatever it is. And one's so used to putting on this veneer, it's very, very hard to deconstruct that veneer when you're actually reaching the point where you yourself need help. And it's very hard sometimes to differentiate through time because you might be doing different shifts, you might have different demands. Yeah. There are various common themes that have come up, which we can talk about a bit later if you like, um, about all the different things that clinicians and allied health professionals might have to deal with. And I think because of that sort of veneer and that sort of almost like parking your emotions, yeah, it's very hard to learn how to unpark those emotions. Well, that's my take on it. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's probably right. And I think, you know, as I always say, I have a, I do have a little conversation with my guests before they come onto the show. And there was something that I explored with you where I sort of explored, particularly when working in the NHS, it was as though I was anonymous. 
you know, yeah. so we would work in a situation where we know everything about the patient, you know, whether that's medical notes or the systematic approach of, of the subjective assessment, you know, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I know everything about you, your injury, I know if you're married, I know what you do on your socials, I know everything about you, but you are almost as a patient not allowed to ask me anything. And yeah. yes, some of that yeah. does come from our codes of conduct and us trying to maintain an element of professionalism because sometimes those boundaries then end up getting crossed, you know? Have I said too much about to that person about my personal life? Was that appropriate? Could I make that joke or not? Have I done that with the right kind of patient? Because, you know, I have certain patients that I will say to them, how was your weekend? And I have mm -hmm. some that will tell me everything that happened on that weekend. And I have other patients who will say, it was fine, thanks. You know, and at, it's yeah. fine, thanks. I know not to ask anything else. But this anonymity is something, and I, I was 18 um, working in the NHS. So I feel like I spent a very long time being anonymous. Like mm -hmm. nobody then asked me, my patients weren't asking me about my weekend or if they did, I was the one who then said fine as though it wasn't okay to elaborate. Now I speak up very openly, you know, I'm one of four. I've had the opportunity to tell people a little bit more about me. And actually being in that space for me is healthy. Like I want mm. to be able to talk about me, whether you are genuinely interested or not, is almost a little bit irrelevant because <laughs> I'm not really sure whether that, to me, that's a whole, a whole nother mm. subject, you know, but just being able to say, yeah, I had a good weekend. I went out with X or I went to this beautiful restaurant in London or whatever, I still think is important. And I think as yeah. we then migrated from NHS into private, still maintaining the professional standards, there's then the anonymity has continued. You know? And I also think, you know, going back to what you were saying, um, for quite a long time, me the medical arena has fit what we call the, the medical model, you know, and we've been trying yeah. to move away from that. But I think this is a classic example where we've been so used to being in that sort of model for, and now we're embracing change for our patients, but actually we should also embrace change for ourselves. But there are a lot of... There are a lot of common themes that have been coming up, whether it's NHS or private for healthcare professionals. And, you know, some of them were before lockdown, some of them have been exacerbated by lockdown. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we witness as clinicians that potentially are quite distressing. And there's not yeah. always the support where you are to talk about it afterwards. So yeah. the things like imposter syndrome are rife, things like perfectionism are rife, burnout is rife, compassion fatigue, examples mm -hmm. of bullying, examples of mismanagement, you know, health concerns, not being comfortable to talk about that with people. Time yeah. management is a huge thing. If you're thinking about the NHS and how under stress appointments are and there's always a huge waiting list, and you've got a caseload to get to, there's a stress of knowing that, that people have yeah. to deal with. There's also the stress of being in the healthcare profession, full stop, is always feeling like you need to be doing evidence-based practice. And so mm. CPD, if you don't keep it at the right level, there will always be research that one can read about. Yeah. And that can be overwhelming as well. And sometimes it's almost a learning curve when one's a junior um, healthcare professional of when to draw that line and not just spend your whole life just doing CPD. So there's so many different parameters that 
you know, healthcare professionals have to deal with. And they haven't always had the support to offload or just talk about it or compare notes or say, actually, I need to speak to someone now, but you're too busy and I don't feel comfortable talking to you right now. Or I'm intimidated to talk to you right now because you might think I'm an incompetent clinician if, yeah. if, I, if I say something. So many things. And that's what I love about this group is it's non-judgmental. It's a safe space. There's even an anonymous post button. So if it is a sensitive issue, people yes. can write things anonymously within the, um, the den. And we can all support each other because we've got so many common parameters. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, I recall, you know, as an 18-year-old being a physio assistant and going, you know, getting my, my list of patients or having my list of patients that I would go to see and just being caught out one time by, you know, going into, you know, my patient's space because it was cubicles and the patient was dead, you know? And mm -hmm. I do recall at that point having to have what we then classed as a debrief. And, and where I was working at the time did say, you know, if ever you go through something that's stressful or something's happened, you should have the opportunity to debrief with a senior clinician or, or a, a peer. Um, but you're right. Some of some things arise in the workplace. And like you've said, as clinicians, we then don't want to be deemed as, oh, Leanne couldn't cope. Oh, if you give that to Leanne, she's then going to find that stressful because do you remember what happened to her the last time? And meanwhile, in your head, you're thinking about, you know, the opportunity for promotion or, you know, what does it mean? If I, my dad always says, with every action, you know, there's a, a consequence to that action. And are you then subconsciously or consciously not making a decision to help yourself to heal because you're wondering whether that's mm. going to impact you a bit further down the line? I do think some of that as well changes with age when you start to realize, you know yeah. what, hey man, does it really even matter? <laughs> I just need to talk to somebody. Whereas when you're like yeah. 21, 22, fresh out of university, or it's a new career, you're a mature student and you're trying to get to grips with things, you've had a little bit of life experience too. The CPD stuff's also really interesting and a comment has come up by Helen, which I will bring up in a second. The CPD thing was huge for me. I spent ages with my masters drilled down in CPD. I remember Linda Exelby used to talk about, you know, one article was like, this was your pillow, your pillow, um, your pillow article. Like this one's for when you go to bed at night. And I used to think, oh, oh my God, look at the size of that article. And now am I going to be able to understand it all? And how am I going to piece it all together? And then I, in set setting up myself, had to then join business workshops. You know, I mm -hmm. had to get support to build my business. And I wasn't getting that within the physiotherapy world. So a very big part of my network had to shift in order to be able to learn another aspect of my business. And that became as important as my CPD, um, as, you know, as, as my clinical CPD, as it was for my personal development. Um, Helen says a big problem is suddenly managing clinical and running a business which is new without much support to make that transition. And, and that is one of the things I love about the den, you know, because I do think quite a few of us are private clinicians. I just get the sense that we are by some of the things that come up. But there is this, and, and a lot of us are then sole working, you know. So this support that, in the den, I think, is huge. 
Sorry, I interrupted you, I didn't mean to. No, no, go ahead. Um, and, and that's a very good point because um, if you think about how difficult it is to set up a new business in a normal situation, and then how hard it is to transition in a pandemic, there's been a whole lot of other things that have been cropped up that have caused anxiety and stress. You know, people having their clinics shut down in the first lockdown and then having to evolve to Public Health England regulations or by your own regulatory body, sourcing yeah. PPE, um, adapting new services, adapting to virtual, um, doing home visits, then opening your clinics again, and just trying to build up a business model when there's so much change going on. And so it has what I think is so great is the membership is so lovely and they do support each other. And we've got, you know, a whole spectrum of different medical health professionals and allied health professionals in the den. And what's so great is lots of people can see things from a different angle and support each other. But talking about the pandemic, one of the big things has been adapting to change and that's caused a huge amount of anxiety and stress. And so, you know, Quite often we've talked about different things on how you can cope with that. I will write a lot of content, but what I will try and do is make sure that it's relevant and good evidence content. So I will resource it from very good, reputable psychologists, for example, or I will offer, especially when loan workers are having quite a lot of stress anyway, for their own CPD opportunities, often they'll feel they're on a, an alone boat with no one to talk to. They might have problem patients that they want to discuss. And one of the things we also do is um, CPD events where they're informal, so no one feels that they're being judged. It's separate to the actual den. It's just a Zoom meeting, and people can talk about things like that as well. I love yeah. it. I think that... I think that physiotherapy could do better at being more inclusive. Um, and I know I've spoken to somebody on here before about, um, you know, things like on Twitter and then seeing certain therapists or certain people just getting bashed. And yeah. there isn't anything about that that then makes people feel like they want to share. And, mm -hmm. and, if you were somebody who was thinking about sharing and then you saw some of those comments, you would be really reluctant to share. And I like- and I have- Yeah, sorry. sorry go on. I was just gonna say I have zero tolerance policy on a den yeah. about that. Um, it's everyone's okay. welcome. Everyone's just trying to do the best they can and there is no judgment. And actually, you know, if I did feel that people were judging each other or not respecting each other's professions, they probably wouldn't be joining the den because it's one of the rules in the den. <laughs> yeah. So and, yeah. Yeah. I think this is this is also really interesting because I think when you want to be a part of something or you're looking for something, the things pop up that usually resonate with you. So, like you said. If you then go onto the rules, you don't answer the questions or whatever to get in, or you don't like the questions, instantly you're not going to join. And it's probably not for you as a clinician. And that's all right. But I, I think yeah. that more and more, particularly with certain things that have happened over the pandemic, we are learning that we really need to respect each other's views. We really need to be able to hear things from different perspectives. Um, and, and, and yeah. Yeah, go on. 
it opens one's mind. And one of the things yeah. I was going to say, because as because we find it so hard to open up and talk about each other, it was very important to me to have a welcoming, safe space where people could feel that they could do. And yeah. um, the other thing is, from a GDPR point of view, no patients are named, and that's very important. No one abuses that. Um, it is... It, you know, you have to be a registered clinician to be able to join the group. But one of the things I've noticed is it's very hard to get an environment for people to start talking about things or, or things relating to therapy. And one of the things I've loved is I've noticed a real trend of people as this group's evolved, beginning to feel comfortable to talk about yeah. it. And it's very important to me that I provide relevant information that helps people at that time when they need it. So I will constantly reevaluate the den and do frequent polls to make sure what we provide is is relevant as well as talks. Yes. This is great. I've got a couple of um, comments coming up. We'll just pop this one up first. Um, to be fair, therapy, especially forced therapy, makes you not want to share. This is interesting, isn't it? Um, mm. the, the way that the mind is working when we mm. feel uncomfortable about something, you know. And that's what's so great about support. about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you, thank, thank you for that, Gemma, Jemay, I'm not sure, J Emma. Um, but yeah, just being in that context of, oh, now you're forcing me to share. Actually, something can happen to somebody now. They may not want to talk about it for a week. They may not want to talk about it for, for 10 days. I love on Facebook that you can search certain topics. So I think that I think that that's really useful because as you've quite rightly highlighted, there are a group of people who will comment maybe a little bit more than others. Sometimes that can leave the quiet ones remaining quiet, mm. you know? Mm. I, I always wonder about the quiet ones. Is that because their needs are being met without them needing to ask anything else? Or do they feel like because they ne they've never said anything now when they put something up, is everyone going to be like, oh, you know, you know, Catherine's got something to say? You know, I'm always conscious about those people. <laughs> well, I noticed that, um, you know, I, I also, as, having set this group up, have always thought about the bell curve and spectrum of, of just human behavior as well. And it's OK. A lot of people will come on and not feel the need to comment. They, they'll dip yeah. in and dip out. They'll, I can see that people have read posts. They don't necessarily feel the need to say anything. But what I love about it is because of the anonymous post feature, which was a very clever new introduction by Facebook, actually, if they do feel nervous about saying anything in the future, they can actually start posting and hopefully feel don't feel that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, yeah, this is interesting because the, the same person that commented before just stated that, you know, he likes it on Facebook that you can choose what to believe, you know, zero academic censorship. On, in some ways, you know, you've talked about ensuring that the support that you're providing is, is resourced. And, and you have very wholeheartedly said to me, you know, you're not taking away the need for someone who might need additional therapy, who might need, yeah, counseling or psychotherapy. But some of us don't need that. We just want the opportunity to, you know, rant 
or say this has happened to me and has anybody else experienced it or, or am I right in feeling this way about this? And I think that this is this is very, very different to to then having counselling or, or oh, psychotherapy and therapy. And I think that's a very important distinction. This is not a professional mental health support group. And um, one of the things I put in the description of the group is if anyone does need emergency um, help, yeah. I sort of highlight where they can receive help. This is very much a peer support informal group and peer you know, evidence has shown that peer support helps reduce anxiety and stress. And if ever I feel that any of my members are maybe not coping and probably are veering more towards needing professional help, I will contact them and ask them if they're okay and try and guide them where they need to be. Um, but one of the things that's very important is confidentiality. And um, one of the things I love about this group is everyone's very courteous to each other and respects that too. And so what goes on in the den stays in the den. Yeah, I love that. Do you mind running us through the days that you have on the den? Because Saturday is my favorite. I always feel like I pull out the um, <laughs> Jamie Oliver in me or whatever. <laughs> the chef in me comes okay. out of Saturday kitchen when I can post up everything I've cooked in the week, you know? So tell us the days well, well, that occur. Yeah, in sure. Day. I mean, there are a lot of, I do some regular features as well as, yeah. you know, some of the other content, because it's really important to have an outlet where it's not always about serious topics potentially, but it's also about fun and creativity. And we know that that can help reduce anxiety and stress. So right, on a Saturday, or well, let's start on a Friday, um, I do a silly pub quiz um, that you can either take or leave. On a Saturday, yep. um, there's Saturday Kitchen, which a lot of people, particularly during lockdown, absolutely loved. And it's just an, an opportunity to share recipes, to post pictures of what you cooked, to say what's worked, what's not worked. Yeah. On a Monday, I do. Um, oh, on a Sunday, Mug I shop. do. Mugshot Monday. Yeah. On on Sundays, I do soothing Sunday, where there's some people who just need to relax and. and de-stress and so I'll put up different things every Sunday whether it's um, meditations whether it's relaxing music whether it's um, yeah, anything no. really mindfulness um, I do on Mondays mugshot Monday which isn't a mugshot of yourself it can be any photography <laughs> you like and everyone loves that one too they do they and do the other, and the other regular feature I do is every day at seven o'clock I do, um, well, in, in the acute stage of lockdown, I did a mindfulness exercise every day. And then I've done other sort of like regular posts about affirmations to help boost everyone before they start the day, anxiety relieving posts. And now um, I'm trying to think what the latest series is on. It's on <laughs> encouraging your dreams. So yeah, I, I'm, dreams. I'm just silly, you know, this is not professional. It's about having fun providing content that people are hopefully are enjoying. And so sometimes you need regular posts that people can rely on. They like that reliability. And then other times yes, you need it. posts which are a bit more reactive to how the mood's going on in the den. And that's why I do lots of talks and CPD events. And more recently, I've um, branched out with some of the expert guest speakers um, externally because I feel there's certain things that could benefit everyone to help reduce anxiety and stress 
examples being emotional eating, burnout. And then the latest one is actually going to be on the menopause, um, how yeah, that like it fits it. into anxiety and stress. So there's a whole plethora of things that I hope people enjoy and are finding helpful. It's definitely growing um, this circle. And I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, al I'm always looking at where you're going to go with things next, Catherine. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. And I do oh, thank hope you for that having it me. helps. No, no, definitely. And I, what I, I hope is that this will at least reach a few clinicians, you know, that, that some of this content resonates with them and they feel like, actually, yeah, that's a space for me and I'm going to go and check that out and I'm going to go and join. Even if they just come in initially just to have a look and see, you know, You're what kind of content that's been coming up. Everyone is welcome. Uh, like you mm. said, you have to be a registered clinician. And some of that we're doing to make sure we're safeguarding, you know, that clinical space, which I think is important. And, and not everybody feels that they can can get that. So this is, you know, it's being monitored by yourself. And I think it's just such a great way for us to still be able to express ourselves whilst maintaining our own level of professionalism. Catherine, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. All it the was links, my pleasure. No, the links for the group are in the synopsis. And um, if you want to check out uh, Catherine's group on Facebook, it is called The Clinician's Den. And if you want to get in touch with Catherine via email, it's just info at ashmorephysio.com. Thank you, Catherine. We're about to round up. Thank it's you. never long enough. Every time we talk, I always feel like we could explore more. <laughs> Me too. But maybe I'll you have you back care. on at some point soon. Thank you, everyone, take care. for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much to those of you that joined us this afternoon. I do hope we tickled some of your fancy for the last 30 minutes in terms of helping our, our profession as physios to grow, but also to cl other clinicians in, who work with people, practitioners who work with people uh, and are helping them. It is so important for us to take care of ourselves whilst we help others. I think people say you can't pour from an empty cup. Is that what they say? So where it is possible and you can get support, reach out for it. Know that you are not the only one. And I will be back next month with another special guest. And I'm very looking forward to it, as I am every month. Take care. Have a wonderful summer. I hope that you're having a good summer break. And I will see you very soon.